Welcome back to Isaac's podcast where we are reading through Being Happy by Andrew Matthews because Abigail is too damn lazy to read it herself. So, without further ado, it's good to see you. If you're new to this podcast, if you're one of the few million just starting in, uh, I'd recommend going to the start. You don't want to start a book halfway through. You want to get right to the beginning so you know what we're talking about. Abigail, as always, you're looking fantastic. <sighs> and yeah, I mean, we kicked off, uh, we finished up last episode with this awesome quote, and I want to start with it again. It says, accept and love yourself where you are right now, and acknowledge that even up until now, you have been living the best way you know how. And for all our listeners out there, I want you to know, up until now, just admit it. Accept it, that you have been doing the best you know how. You've been doing the best you can. And you can be really proud of yourself. And as we continue to read this book, what we're going to find is that we are going to improve on our best so that we can do life and happiness so much better. But up until now, let's admit it. Let's start from there. We've done the best we can. Let's look to improve, hey? Pain, what a great title. Let's read a bit into it, shall we? Let's keep going. This, uh, this podcast, we're going to be able to finish the first chapter, which is super exciting. Big milestone. We're going to have to throw a huge party, but more about that later. Pain, while we are on the subject of health, let's take a look at pain. If you wander up to John Brown after he's just spent an hour and a half at his, with his dentist and remark, isn't pain wonderful? John may suspect that you're a little crazy. Funnily enough, actually, I really enjoyed the dentist. You just get to sit and lie down and relax. I'm sure it's painful for some. John may suspect that you're a little crazy. Similarly, if you have burnt your finger on the kitchen stove, it may be difficult for you to appreciate how positive pain is. There's a picture here of a poor guy. He's got a bit of a pear-shaped body, if you can picture that, and an oversized head, but... He's got a big swollen finger and a nail on the other hand, so it looks like he's just banged it. But let us assume that you felt no pain. You could then absentmindedly lean on that hot plate for 20 minutes. Oh, sorry, I missed a bit. Can we go back? Similarly, after you've just burnt your finger on the kitchen stove, it may be... No, no, it was fine. It may be difficult for you to appreciate how positive pain is. But let us assume that you felt no pain. You could then absentmindedly lean on that hot plate for 20 minutes until you casually turn around to see that where you once had an arm, you now have a charred, black-looking stick. If you didn't feel physical pain, you could get home from work and bending down to put your slippers on, say to yourself, Wow, half of my left foot is missing. I must have chopped it off somewhere. Did I jam it in the elevator door or is this something to do with my neighbor's Doberman? Doberman is a dog for those of you who don't know. I thought I was walking a bit strange this afternoon. Physical pain has its valid positive point. It is continual feedback to tell us what to do and what not to do. Let's read that again. That's important to recognize. Pain is not all bad. Physical pain has its valid positive point it is continual feedback to tell us what to do 
and what not to do. How embarrassing would it be to have to explain in the middle of a romantic candlelit dinner, I can't eat my dinner, uh, my dessert, darling. I just bit my tongue off. The explanation in sign language, of course. Haha. <laughs> Whenever we eat too much or we don't get enough sleep or a part of our body is getting worn out or something is broken and needs a rest, our marvelous automatic alarm system lets us know. Our experience of emotional pain operates along the same lines. If we are hurting emotionally, it is a message that we need to change our approach or to see things differently. If we feel hurt, let down or dumped by someone in our life, the message may be, love those in your life without expectations. Accept them as they are and take what they want to give you without judgment. Alternatively, the message may be, don't let the actions of others destroy your own self-esteem. If your house burnt down or someone steals your car, you may well experience emotional upset. This is normal and this is human. If you choose to learn from the situation, you may well discover that you can live happily without the things to which you were so attached. The emotional upset may cause you to reassess your priorities. I don't mean to say that we should live without houses and cars. I make the point that successful people learn from such experiences and adjust their values so life's hiccups become less painful. Let's read that again. I make the point that successful people, happy people, people enjoying their lives and who are doing well, learn from such experiences and adjust their values so life's hiccups become less painful. Here's a big one. Here's a nutshell. And this one's important. Pain causes us to contemplate, to change direction. It prompts us to look at things differently. With emotional pain, as with physical pain, if we keep doing something stupid, we will keep getting hurt. We might say, well, it shouldn't hurt. I don't want it to hurt, but it's still gonna hurt. Some people manage to hurt over something 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They never realize it's time to take their hand off the stove. And if you're in pain listening to this, maybe it's physical or emotional or something happened to you, maybe it's time for you to take your hand off the stove. We are very susceptible to the influence of the people around us. You may have known somebody who has gone overseas for a year or so and has returned with an accent. <laughs> have you known any charming little five-year-olds who toddled off to school, innocent and naive, and in no time at all, they learned more swear words than your average trooper? I remember I uh, came home from kindy one day, or at least I don't remember, mum tells a story. And I was swearing the F-bomb, left, right and centre. Those are the days, am I right? We become part of our immediate environment. None of us are immune to the influences of our world, our friends, our family, our workmates, the TV, the newspaper, the radio, the books and magazines we read, 
all listened to. Thank you, sponsors. There's a picture here of two people trying to talk the ear off some poor guy and he's stuck in between them with his jaw clenched and his fingers in his ears trying not to listen. Let us not kid ourselves that we are untouched by the things and the people in our life. Our thoughts and our feelings, our goals and our actions are constantly being shaped by those and what we live in, live with. Fred goes off to his new job at the factory. Fred takes his 10-minute coffee break. The other workers take half an hour. Fred says, what is the matter with you guys? Two weeks later, Fred is taking 20-minute breaks. A month later, Fred takes half hour. Fred is saying, if you can't beat him, join him. Why should I work any harder than the next guy? Amen, Fred. Ten years later, Fred is taking the longest coffee break in the factory. He has adopted the attitudes of his co-workers. But part of me, you know, obviously not good, but part of me is like, well, Fred, I look up to you, man. You go. You go, girl. The fantastic thing about being human is that generally we are unaware that there are changes taking place in our psyche. It is like returning to the city smog after some weeks in the fresh air. Only then do we realise that we have become accustomed to the nasty smells. Mix with critical people and we learn to criticise. Mix with happy people and we learn about happiness. Mix with messy people and our lives become messy. Mix with enthusiastic people and we become enthusiastic. Mix with Isaac and oh baby, life will never be the same. Adventurous people help us to become adventurous and prosperous people inspire us to be prosperous. What this means is that we need to decide what we want from life and then choose the people we hang out with accordingly. You may well say, that is going to take some effort. I may not be comfortable. I may offend the people I currently hang out with. Yep, that's true. But this is your life. Fred may say, I'm always broke, frequently depressed, have a boring job, I'm often sick, I'm going nowhere, and I never do anything exciting. Then we discover that Fred's friends are broke, frequently depressed, hold boring jobs, often ill, going nowhere, and wishing that life was more exciting. This is not coincidence. Nor is it our business to stand in judgment of Fred. However, here's a big point, listen up. If Fred ever wants to improve his quality of life, the first thing he will need to do is to recognise what has been going on all these years. It is no surprise that doctors as a profession suffer a lot of ill health because they spend their lives around sick people. Psychiatrists have a high incidence of suicide in their profession for related reasons. Traditionally, nine out of 10 children whose parents smoke, smoke themselves. Obesity is in part an environmental problem. Poor people have poor friends. Rich people have rich friends. Successful people have successful friends. And Isaac, he has the best friends. Thanks guys. Everyone who's listening is a good friend of mine. And so the story goes on. In a nutshell, literally a bunch of people hanging out they all look happy they all look like friends in a nutshell if you are serious about changing your life get serious 
about changing what surrounds you. Oh, let's, let's say that again. If you are serious about changing your life, get serious about changing what surrounds you. If you, listening to this, are serious about changing your life, your happiness, what you're doing, where you're going, get serious about changing what surrounds you. If you're serious about changing your life and changing your happiness, get serious about changing what surrounds you. Oofed. Let's see with that a minute. Serious about changing, change what's around you. The best thing you can do for the poor is not be one of them. Maybe that's a bit harsh. My experience has been that many people believe that when it comes to money and prosperity, all the positive thinking, hard work and right attitudes will never make a scrap of difference to their ability to pay the bills at the end of the month. The fact is that your conscience and your subconscious thoughts are always creating results in your life, including determining how much money you have in the bank. Your prosperity or lack of it as is a result of your thinking. Your mind and your belief system are what hold you right where you are, and your mind will keep you rich or poor depending on how you train it. What you think is what you get. Think poor, stay poor. Think rich, stay rich. Now, I don't know if he's just talking about money here. Let's hold on, let's see what he says. Let us take our friend Fred, who believes that he will always be struggling to pay the bills. Fred will probably only apply for jobs which are relatively low paid positions because that is where he figures he belongs. He may very well only mix with people who are his, in his economic bracket because that is where he feels comfortable. These people confirm his ideas that life is tough. With such company, he will tend not to expand his ideas as to what is possible for him. Chances are that Fred will have come from a family who has a similar attitudes to money and the inevitability of the lack of it. This will contribute to Fred's belief system. As we get from life largely what we expect, and Fred expects to be short of cash, that is what he will get. Because he has a program in his brain cells which says, you never have any money, Fred. He will probably find that every time he gets some spare cash, he will go out and spend it. Subconsciously, he will think, this feels a bit strange having spare money like this. I'd better buy something and get myself back to normal state. Broke. Through his self-talk, Fred will also confirm that money problems are a necessity, are a necessary part of life. He may say to himself, I'll never have any money because I never get a good, never got a good education. If I got a good education, sorry, if good education was important in getting rich, university professors would probably all be millionaires. I know many highly educated people who are always broke and many people of little education who are incredibly wealthy. Fred may reason, I've got the wrong job to become wealthy. Well, many people get themselves a sideline in order to get a star. Others change jobs. Time may be the key. Time may be the key. Fred may reason that he doesn't have enough time to get wealthy. Well, Fred, we each have all the time there is. That is 24 hours in every day. Nobody gets any more or any less. 
Fred may say that he is too young or too old and that he has a wife to think of or that he doesn't have a wife to support him or that he has too many kids. Yet if he looks closely, he will see people creating their own financial prosperity while dealing with any combination of the mentioned factors. Furthermore, our friend Fred may argue that he would like to be prosperous, but that he does not want to work himself into the ground. Again, we can find thousands of people who work long hours and stay poor. Equally, there are many who work respectable hours and get rich. Hard work is an ingredient, but it doesn't guarantee wealth. If you have your head down plucking chickens in a factory 10 hours a day, plucking more chickens won't make you much better off. At some stage, what you will need is a change of strategy. I'm making no judgments here. Money is neither good nor bad. Money is just money. Money is just money. Fred or anybody else for that matter may be perfectly happy as he is. The point is though, that Fred's circumstances are self-created. If he ever decides to change, he can achieve his goals. All right, that's important because this isn't a how to get rich book. This isn't, you know, how to not be poor. This is a book that talks about decision-making in order to be happy. And I want to read that bit again. Money is neither good nor bad. Money is just money. The point is, though, that Fred's circumstances are self-created. Fred is stuck where he's stuck and he finds himself where he finds himself because of himself no one else to blame Fred's circumstances are self-created where you find yourself you need to take some ownership for that where I find myself I need to take some ownership for that let's stop blaming other people let's stop making excuses and let's just say I am where I am right now and that's my responsibility. And the book goes on to say, if ever Fred or if ever you or I decide to change, we can achieve our goals. How do we achieve our goals? We decide to change. We want to be happier, more filled with joy. We need to decide to change. Shortly, we will look at some action which Fred or you could take to get wealthy. Money blocks. Let's look at how and why some people keep themselves from becoming wealthy. Many people are uncomfortable with money for various reasons and hence they keep themselves poor. This may sound crazy, but it's true. Imagine yourself in the following situations to see how comfortable you are about having money. Situation A. You have just been to the bank and collected $5,000 in cash to buy a second-hand car. On the way home from the bank, you meet a friend and stop for a coffee. While you are paying for the drinks, your friend notices that you have a wallet stuffed full of money. Would you be embarrassed and hastily explain to your friend why you have so much money? Or would you feel perfectly comfortable in carrying the money and explaining nothing? This happens to me all the time. Here's something in bold. In order to make money or save it, you need to be comfortable with it. Situation B, you meet someone 
at a party who matter-of-factly mentions without boasting that the money that money is set is so easy that he is, has it coming out of his ears. I would ask him to prove that. Show it out of your ears and I'll believe you. Sounds like a tosser though. How do you feel about the person and the comment? To be wealthy, we need to feel good about other people being prosperous. Yeah, but not when they're twats. I don't care about that. I'm going to skip through these and just read the, the bits in bold because uh, I can't be bothered. It is important that you feel you deserve help and money as your ability to receive determines your prosperity. If we are too attached to money, it becomes difficult to make it and difficult to hang on to it. If success is awkward for you to deal with, you will be holding yourself back from success. Prosperity and freedom from want demonstrate that we are balanced as individuals. All right, what can I do? This is the last page before the chapter two begins, which is one of my favorite chapters. So let's, well, let's hit a home run here. Here is a brief list of some things you can do to improve your financial situation. Who would have thought we'd be getting all of this out of a book of being happy? One, decide to be prosperous and commit yourself to putting in the necessary effort. Two, save first and spend what is left. Three, observe wealthy people. Four, ask for some help. Five, constantly reaffirm yourself to yourself that you deserve to be prosperous. That's important. You do deserve this. You deserve to be well off. You deserve all manner of things. Spoil yourself occasionally. Make plans and set goals, very important. Continually stretch your belief system as to what is possible for you to achieve. Always carry some money. Why? For three reasons, he says. Let's read them. Firstly, you will need you will feel more prosperous. Secondly, you will get used to having money. And thirdly, you will learn to trust yourself with money. Huh, interesting. Some people say, I can't carry any money or I'll spend it. Well, how can they ever hope to have any money while they don't trust themselves with it? Mm. Ten, don't blame your parents, the weather, the economy, the government, your job, your education, or your mother-in-law for how you are doing. We need to be taking responsibility. Attack every challenge with enthusiasm and commitment. And lastly, recognize that poverty is a mental disease. I don't know if I agree with that. Like many diseases, it is curable for those who believe it can be cured. As with illness, it takes effort, initiative, and courage to beat it. And if you give up, you're in trouble. Okay, I sort of agree with that. But let's be honest, there is so much poverty in the world that can be solved. But there are greedy people uh, who do not wish to help out with that. Anyways, it is exciting to recognize that nearly all happy and prosperous people have beaten the disease at some time in their life. You can too. Okay. Well, that took a weird turn towards the end. I apologize for that. Money doesn't buy happiness, as he said. But one thing we do need to do is that if ever we want to change our circumstances... If ever you want to reach our goal, sorry, of happiness, of a different life, of more joy, more prosperity, at some point we have to decide to change ourselves. And before that, if we recap, probably my number one takeaway, there was two, wasn't there? Was that pain causes us to contemplate 
and to change direction. And I want to ask you, as we finish up, what in your life is causing pain? Maybe it's physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, mental pain. And what direction, when we listen to it, is it causing us to go in? Because we can't keep our hand on the stove. It's time to take it off. Where are we going? Maybe for you that means continuing this Being Happy series to continue to learn how we can be happy in an ever-changing world. Maybe it means for you having some serious conversations. Maybe for you it means being honest with yourself. Maybe for you it means sitting down and writing out a plan of how you are going to deal with this pain. Never be afraid to reach out and ask for help. Because if you are listening to this, I guarantee you, there are people in your life who care very much about you and talking about it is Mental Health 101. It's the first thing we need to do when we're going through a tough time is talk about it. There is always people ready to listen. My next takeaway was, if you're serious about change, get serious about changing what surrounds you. Ain't that the truth? Maybe that means a change of job. Maybe that means a change of mindset. Maybe that means a change of friends. You deserve nothing but the best. Abigail, I mean, I'm not going to boast, but you have the best. Let's be real here. But hey, chapter two is coming up. I'm excited. This one really uh, impacted me and uh, it's got a few really awesome pictures that, I mean, you can't see them, which is a shame, but I'll explain them to you. I'll try to do it justice. Next episode will be a hoot. Thanks for staying tuned. Uh, Remember, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, Donate money to my cause. I want to get rich off this. Thanks, mum. Love you.